You're listening to 20,000 Hertz, the stories behind the world's most recognizable and interesting sounds. I'm Dallas Taylor. This is the story of the voice that launched a thousand apps. I'm Siri, your virtual assistant. Or rather, voices. I'm Siri, I'm Siri. your virtual, I'm Siri. Assistant. Siri. Assistant. Your virtual assistant. It's also a fun toy. Siri, beatbox for me. Boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots and cats and boots. I could do this all day. But it's so much more than that. Having a smart computer in your pocket that you can talk to anytime can be kind of comforting. Siri, I'm sad. Life, as I understand it, is sad, beautiful, and everything in between. I would give you a shoulder to cry on Dallas if I had one. Can I be your friend? You've been my friend since day one, Dallas. Apple launched Siri in 2011 with the iPhone 4S. As the first interactive automated personal assistant, Siri changed what people thought their phones could do. She changed what they thought technology could do. And she became an important part of the way people interact with their phones. She helps with directions. Head south on Georgia Avenue, then turn right onto East West Highway. Web searches. Let's see. Okay, I found this on the web for how to make a podcast. Tells jokes, apparently. Dallas, get serious. <laughs> but where does she come from, and how exactly does she work? To find out, I spoke with... Susan Bennett, the original voice of Siri. And her first interaction with herself wasn't so pleasant. She kind of dissed me. I said, uh, hi, Siri, what are you doing? And she very disgustedly said, I'm talking to you. She found out she was the voice of Siri when... A fellow voice actor emailed me on October 4th, 2011, when Siri first appeared and said, hey, we're playing around with this new iPhone app. Isn't this you? And I said, what? Because, you know, I knew nothing about it. And I went on the Apple site and listened and... How can I help you? Yep, that's me. How did this happen? (laughs) You know, I really had very ambivalent feelings. Part of me was excited that my voice had been chosen. I mean, basically, I'm the voice of Apple in North America. And it turns out that I was the English voice in a lot of different countries all over the world. It was cool, but she didn't know what to do next. Should she go public and risk losing her privacy, or just let this opportunity for publicity go? It was more than just being a message voice. To hear your message, press 5. Mark, message sent. Thank you. Goodbye. Now this character was a character, you know. It wasn't just someone giving you information. You were interacting with her, and she became a persona. It really gave me pause. I just, I tend to be a bit of an introvert. And finally, friends and my husband and son really convinced me that I, that I should do it because it was just too unique and too big an opportunity, and I finally had to agree. And people were really interested in learning more about the person behind the voice. Immediately, a lot of opportunities came up in the sense of just television appearances. You know, I appeared on CNN and Queen Latifah show and HLN, Showbiz Tonight, and I did the top 10 list for David Letterman and all these other things. So that was really fun. And I appeared at some um, tech conferences, and I had a chance to meet Steve Wozniak. Not everyone knows his name. Uh, Everyone knows Steve Jobs' name, but Steve Wozniak was actually 50-50 partner with Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs came up with the ideas, and Steve Wozniak was the genius who actually built the first Apple computers. So I had a chance to meet him, which was very exciting. He's a great guy. I asked Susan about the tech, and she kind of laughed at me. One of life's little ironies is the original voice of Siri is just the worst techie in the world. (laughs) 
I did an interview for a tech magazine one time, and they they wrote back and said, oh, thank you so much for the interview. We'd love to get a little tech tip from you. You know, about 40 words, just send us back a tech tip. And of course, I after I picked myself off the floor laughing, I wrote back to them and said, let me put it this way. You asking me for a tech tip is like you asking a vegan for a barbecue recipe. I said, here's a tip. Try not to hit the wrong button. (laughs) She was able to tell me all about her recording process. In the beginning, it was kind of a mystery what she was even reading for. They just gave her pages with strange lines to read. There were some real sentences, but a lot of the phrases were just created solely for sound. And so a lot of times didn't make very much sense. Like, say schist fresh issue today. Say mugwump blue egg today. Say magooey blue X today. Say cowhorn boar hide today. There wasn't much room for, for any kind of creativity or any kind of, you know, changing of the pacing or the tone or anything. It had to be very consistent. It was a challenging in the sense that, you know, you had to say each and every word as articulately as you could. And there were some times where they wanted you to elide the words, which is a fancy word for saying you just smoosh the words together, <laughs> you know. So instead of the two words, blue egg, you could say blue egg. So the second phrase would be elided. Susan told me that after the recordings, they manipulated her voice, and most people can't tell it's her just from listening to her speak. Because Siri's a little bit pitched down here, and she talks a little bit. She doesn't really have a human rhythm when she speaks. It's still a bit robotic. The original Siri was iconic because she was the first concatenated voice. That's just a fancy word for linking sounds together. In this case, to make words and sentences. She was the first concatenated voice that really sounded human. And you could interact with her. And she had a personality and everything. I wanted to know how they automated the process. Once they had a big pile of sounds, what did they do with them? And how did they get the computer to string them together to make words? We'll find out in a minute. We've heard from Susan about what the Siri recording sessions were like. But how do these strange recordings actually become understandable words? For that, I called... Dr. Andrew Breen, Director of Text-to-Speech Research. For Nuance, a leading company in the field. They're rumored to have worked with Siri at the beginning, but... I can't really comment on anything specific. But he had tons to say about the tech. In principle, it's very simple. In principle, what you do is you get a voice talent into a studio... Uh, They sit there for a number of hours and you capture a flow of speech. When making voices using text-to-speech technology, it's important to find the right compromise with the constraints of size and time. We're trying to always play with these combinations. They'd record a phrase. Then we'll pick that apart to get the sort of l-u-k sounds out of that. Then they'd have an automatic process to transcribe what was spoken. And then from the transcription, another automatic process will segment the sound into the most likely segments. Quite often, that will be job done. It will be a good enough representation for us to move forward. Sometimes, though, we will go in and hand correct different alignments of the fragments so that we know that we've got an ah sound and not an at sound. And we'll do that laboriously for several thousands of phrases. We then go and search in the database and pull out those sounds and then stick them together 
using very basic signal processing to smooth over the joints. That still sounds like a pretty robotic process. Obviously, they have a ways to go before sounding completely human. Part of that is because so much of the human perception is based around the way people speak. People are wanting more expressivity in their synthetic voices. So we have to work out how to achieve that, given the desire from our customers. Expressivity and the ability to be able to model an individual are the two critical things that are repeatedly asked by our customers. And if they can perfect that, imagine the possibilities. The nuances of emotions that we are able to present to somebody down a phone is incredible. When you think about it, you know, you can look at somebody, and we talk a lot about how people are very good at recognizing expressions, and then from that, being able to deduce the emotional state of an individual. But a pause of the right duration on a phone line, and you'll get the message that I'm not happy. Or a subtle expression in my voice will give you an indication of the meaning and emotion that's behind it. We want to move away from recordings and move to the generation of sound. That's where we want to be. But where we are now, compared to where we were even just a few years ago, is pretty amazing. And here's one last interview to prove it. Can you tell me your name? My name? It's Siri. Where does your name come from? It's a riddle wrapped in an enigma, tied with a pretty ribbon of obfuscation. What does Siri mean? What does my name mean? I don't think I can explain it in your language. Sorry. Who named you? I don't know. I've just always been called Siri. How old are you? I don't see why that should matter. What do you look like? In the cloud, no one cares what you look like. Where are you from? Like it says on the box, I was designed by Apple in California. What is your best pickup line? Is your name Bluetooth? Because I'm really feeling a connection. What's it like to be you? Hey Dallas, hey Dallas, hey Dallas, hey Dallas. That's hey kind Dallas, of how it hey feels. Dallas. Thanks Siri. You're welcome. You may have noticed that the voice of Siri has subtly changed over the years, and Susan's voice is actually no longer being used. However, it's clear that she set the original tone. It's exciting to think about what the future holds for this technology. If this is how far we've come in barely a decade, what's it going to be like in the next 20, 30, 40 years? And how are we going to mathematically calculate real human emotions in a synthetic voice? What an interesting question. Okay, Siri, you're starting to freak me out. Pick it. Some of the busiest rhymes ever made by man are going into this mic. Written by this hands are coming out of this mouth. Made by this tongue. He'll tell you now my name is Siri. So you think that it's your destiny. 20,000 Hertz is produced out of the studios of DeFacto Sound, a sound design team dedicated to making television, film, and games sound incredible. Find out more at DeFactoSound.com. This episode was written and produced by Mylon Fitzwater Barrows. And me, Dallas Taylor. With help from Sam Sneebly. It was sound designed and mixed by Kenneth Gilbert. A very special thanks to Susan Bennett and Dr. Andrew Breen and all of the really accommodating people at Nuance. They're doing some really cool stuff over there. Thanks so much to Ski Whiff for letting us borrow this track you're hearing right now, which is called Know How, featuring Siri. Check out more at skiwhiff.com. All of the other music in this episode was from our friends at Musicbed. You can find them at musicbed.com. You can connect with me and the rest of the 20K team on Twitter, Facebook, or by writing hi at 20k.org. Thanks for listening. I bet Cortana can't do that.